It's intense. Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, episode 122. And this week we have two very special returning guests, Sarah Foster of Oneida County Tourism and Bethan Marr of the Adirondack Scenic Railroad. Plus this week we are talking about Mark Cuban, uh, an uplifting story about a Spanish chef in Puerto Rico, some history lessons, uh, a little bit of teacher's corner, a little bit of tech corner, Justin Timberlake, so much more. It's episode 122, folks, and we are happy you're back. to make Heather uncomfortable and laughing and then I start recording so that she's laughing into the I microphone. I'm laughing either. It's because you're punch drunk. You've been awake all day probably dealing with your, like, your child and husband. Like been months. awake all day. What a tough order. I know. <laughs> what a no, tough I order. Know. I haven't slept in like 18 months. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Heather, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to see you. How's things? Good. Things are good. Things are good. Good. I'd like to tell you what I did this weekend, but it's pretty much the same. Is it hiking? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Kevin, welcome back as usual. How are you? Uh, great. Good. <laughs> great. I'm excellent. <laughs> excellent. Outstanding. What's wrong with that? Yeah, That's good. good. I like it. Straight to the mm-hmm. point. So, uh, welcome back, folks. Episode 122. Uh, we have two interviews this week. I have kind of a dilemma for you guys. Is your dilemma the fact that you're just going to skip right through without saying happy birthday to me? No. I no, have no, no, a no. birthday in here. No. Now he's <laughs> adding it in. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? I have a whole segment for both of you guys set up, first As off. he furiously scribbles. I didn't see anything in there. Right. Um, so we have two interviews this week. Uh, we have Sarah Foster from that County Tourism joining us once again. And uh, Beth and Marr from Adirondack uh, Scenic Railroad. So that'll be nice. Two interviews uh, also, my dilemma is, I don't know whether this should be our Halloween episode, because the way this works out, we'll be recording next week's episode the day before Halloween. It will come out on Halloween, but then it's only really Halloween for one day. If you listen to... Hell yeah. Yeah, we still... So yes, next week so is... So you're, you're not sure if the episode that drops on Halloween should be the Halloween episode? Well, because... People only hear it for less time. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Because my thought is, like, there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend for Halloween. And if we don't talk about that stuff now, they can't go to it. If we talk about it next week, then it's already over. Go to the stuff. Look around. MadeInUtica.com. Follow them on Twitter. They have all the fun, relevant (laughs) events. So, uh, Kev, I guess we'll start with the two things I wanted to talk to you about. One, how was your birthday? Well, geez, I got to tell you, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. It um, It was all right. I... I uh, got away for a couple days, didn't have to go to work. It was pretty good. Where'd pretty good. Go? Another year old. I went to Philadelphia. Oh, nice. Mm. Um, I've got a lot of takes about Philadelphia. I could talk about them the whole show. It was my first time I'd ever really been, like, proper, like, besides just, you know, in and out quickly for mm-hmm. a game or a show. Um, they've got a hell of a zoo out there. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say. I went to the Philadelphia zoo, zoo. It's the first zoo in the country. It was the first mm. zoo ever. And they've got this wild catwalk system built in there, which is quite literal name, where they let the animals walk around in, like, this skywalk throughout the zoo. She'll be standing there trying to get, like, a smoothie or something at some concession stand, and then all of a sudden there's, like, a a full-blown lion walking 15 feet above (laughs) your head just looking at you, and that was pretty wild. Um, Philadelphia was great. I had a really good time. Mm. Really good time. And not to date you, it's 32 this year? Yes. 
What do you feel like you've learned in the transition from 31 to 32? What did you learn in your oh, 31st so let's year? let's see, in the last year? Yeah. Oh, I've learned. <laughs> Impart some wisdom. Honestly. I've learned a lot. I've learned, I try to always be learning. The day you stop learning is the day that, you know, you just go in the grave, I think is what it is. Um, I've learned a lot about a lot of people. I've learned quite a bit about myself over the course of the last year. Um, learned some things about the world. Um, I, my years have not been feeling less productive as I get older, which is cool. Mm, I good. think that's a good way to be. It's not, you know, I think some people hit a point, you hit a bar and you just kind of settle and like, well, this is my lifetime to ride it out till I die. And mm-hmm. I try to stay away from that. And, uh, I feel like I'm still growing at 32, which I think is a good place to be because if you stop growing, you die. So there's mine. Well, happy birthday, sir. Yes. Cheers. Oh, thank you. Salud. I have nothing. You can have I'll some pretend. of my coffee. Uh, Salud. Just <laughs> pretend. Oh, yeah. Birthday shot. So, Heather, how was hiking this weekend? It was good. Have you guys ever been to the Deerfield Wilderness in Deerfield? No. Is that the the set of trails off the town park? Yes. In Deerfield? Yes, I They're have. They're awesome. They're People, really nice. People, if you're listening, go there. It's beautiful right People, now. if you're listening, don't go. Stay away so it doesn't <laughs> no, get overrun. No, oh, that too. Like, live it. No, it was great. We just went out there, and then we took cabs around to a couple different places. So... I have a question for you. It is, um, there are seven shopping days left till Halloween, folks. If you're listening to this, to pick out a Halloween costume. I'm sure that Kaz has an adorable Halloween costume already picked out, correct? Um, we want to dress him up as a wrestler, so we just ordered some stuff for him. Yes. Yes. Um, but, um, we usually, ours are random. We'll pick ours out, like, the night before, and we'll make our own costume, mm. Zach and I do. That happens so, to me a lot, And it's so. the best costumes we've ever had, but, um, but mainly the focus has been Kaz, so we're going to dress him up as I was, a wrestler and let him walk around. He's not going to get candy. We're just going to let him walk around and then knock out He's people. good to have as, like, if people come to your house to get candy, he's mm-hmm. a good accessory. Like, oh, look at the little yeah. kid. Yeah. Uh, I saw a great Halloween costume on Reddit for kids where it was an old person, an elderly person. Like, you I, give the little kid a wig and a yeah. walker, and that's a hilarious That was costume. one I wanted to do, too. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's a cute one. Uh, Kev, do you have a Halloween costume picked out for any reason? I don't. Is there no, like, I feel like... This is the first year that I got one party I got invited to, and it was today. It was the first time I got invited to anything. I was going to have to recycle a costume from last year, probably. People are not really having parties. I feel like that. There's nothing. As you get older. Yeah. Like people, I mean, there's still, you can still go out to different places and, you know, bars and things like that, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And there's different places to go to publicly, but people aren't really doing home yeah. Halloween parties. And it gets less and less. And that's got that's certainly an age thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm sure if we brought on like some twenty two year old onto the show, they'd know about five Halloween parties. Mm-hmm. But I, that's the thing for me. The reason I don't have a costume is because like a costume for what? Like I'm not dressing up in a costume on Halloween when handing out candy. Not happening. Mm. I'm not so if I don't go anywhere, I'm not I put too much thought or time into a costume. If something comes up and it's like Saturday night, and somebody's something's going on for yeah. Halloween. I gotta go. I'll find something. Yeah, I'll right. Something right. together. Things that I own. But yeah, no. What about you? Do you have a costume? Oh, I had the dinosaur costume from last year that I could always just rewear. Like it was. I bought one of those onesie style costumes. Yeah. You know, like Jilly Dukes. Shout out to GFOP Jilly Dukes. She has like the flying squirrel one. You may have seen in yeah. some Maiden Utica stuff. I have a, a T Rex dinosaur looking nice. type character. Uh, it's nice. It's very warm. You know, it's it's too hot out this year to wear it. I'd be sweating if I wear it out there. Um, but yeah, I'm just not, I used to make a bigger deal out of Halloween. It just seems like outrageous to spend a lot of, Halloween costumes are kind of expensive when you go look into Halloween costumes at like a store, like Party City or something, or yeah. your store, even though that's not a thing anymore, right? Is that not a thing anymore? Remember your store? I do. No, I don't. 
Your store was like Utica's local Halloween oh, store. Oh, that was we down Colum- Was that down yeah. Columbia? Yeah. I got my elf it's costume the, there. Uh, it's where the Wilcar showroom is now. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, near the Salvation Army. Oh. It used to have a really creepy like haunted house there as well yeah. on the side when we were kids. Like a really scary I one. I that place. Yeah, I was elf. I bought my first when I was little. I bought, remember my dad bought me the the Jace, the Freddy glove there oh. as a kid. It was <laughs> scary. <laughs> so guys, I want to share something with you before we get into some stories this week. Um... And it's uh, something that hasn't happened in a while, but I had a, a weird moment in public, which is something used to be a recurring segment on the show, FAMO's Weird Moments in Public. Mm. I went to a grocery store this week, and I got in line behind a couple people in the express line, like the 15 items or less line. Now, real grocery shop people are going to stop me right there and say that was a mistake, getting in the express line, because the express line is never fast. But I saw some dude up there, and I was in line for 10 minutes, because the guy... Two people in front of me was using cutout coupons. Like, actually, from back in the day, like, when you would, like, cut out coupons out of the paper and bring them in. Mm-hmm. I've not seen, like, native, like, hard-sell source coupons like that in a long time. I didn't know that was still a thing people do. Do you cut coupons out when you go to the grocery store? No, you know, I don't. I, I thought I would be one of those people that would, especially when I had a kid, but no. There's got to be... Like, a, a more modern way to do this, right? Well, like, Price Chopper has their Advantage card. You can load their Advantage card up, and then they scan their Advantage card, all your coupons come off without having a hand. I just, I was shocked. I've not <laughs> seen somebody using coupons in real life since the 90s, and it blew my mind because I sat there in line behind this guy, like, silently getting angry. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. like, I'm going to pretend that I'm not in a rush and I want to be in public anymore. Uh, but yeah, I think they should streamline the coupon game, or just get rid of them all together, maybe get, like, an app for your phone, you can just load coupons on and just. It doesn't scan. work. No. No, no chance. Why not? How old was the guy that you saw using coupons? He was an older gentleman. There you go. The mm. people who use coupons are not just getting an app to jump on there the and only, do coupons or anything like I that. Use, that's when I use coupons. I have an app that goes like if I go to Joanne's mm-hmm. or Walmart or anything, I yeah. can just show them my phone and they can scan it that way. But I won't use paper. They won't get rid of them, like he said, because the older clientele are the ones that are still using all mm-hmm. of them. Also, waste of paper, my friend. That's also if we're going to be earth conscious. It's a waste of paper. How just many articles you print out this week? <laughs> just three. <laughs> just three. Just four. Um, Ten. No, just I five. see people use coupons still in the grocery store sometimes. Yep. I don't know. Um, I, I guess, I guess I'm never in enough of a hurry where I want to kill one of these people. And I can't, be, and I can't begrudge them for saving their the money. Only, no, the only time I want to kill one of these people is when they think that the coupon was supposed to do something else for them. Oh, like I was supposed to buy one, get one off of this, and they then question they're like, the coupon. They're questioning, and they have to get somebody. Mm-hmm. And you're standing there in line, and I'm like, is it really worth the fifty cents? Is it? I used to see the people who would go around and just look for things that were out of date. And then bring them up to the customer service mm-hmm. rag and be like, yo, I want these on half price because they're all out of date. Like, you know, I swear to God, it's a real thing. You see that. See, that's my thing. I'll spend a lot of extra money for the convenience of not dealing with a hassle. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, Heather, like, you know, is it really worth the extra 50 cents no, you're going to save? No. Like, there'll be people all the time who are like, oh, well, technically it's supposed to be a dollar seventeen cheaper when they're making like a $70 purchase. And it's just, uh, for me, keep the extra money. Just let's go. Get me out of here. Spend a lot of extra money on convenience (laughs) and lack of hassle. Uh, So, yeah, I was stressed out about coupons. That was my frustration of the week, weird moment in public. Uh, Also, I had a weird moment at my house this week as well. You ever get one of these politicians who will come knock at your door and campaigning? Yes. Yeah, it happens around here. You know, it's a neighborhood. It's the suburbs. People walk around. Uh, This is not a political... I'm not going to before or against this guy. I'm just going to tell a funny story. This guy, uh, Matthew Downs, he's running for Oneida County Legislator in the 19th District in South Utica. 
He stopped by my house this week. Let me see that thing. You want to see it? I do. Sure. He's I'll running. Look at it. We're talking. He's looking. At, he's running against Ed Welsh. That's all I know. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, uh, he stops by the house and he's talking to me and he's and he's trying to schmooze me. And I'm said, "You got like a pamphlet?" And I I don't really do the whole like talk to people mm -hmm. who come to my house thing. I don't really like it because generally, if I'm at my house and you actually got me, I was probably doing something I liked <laughs> and I don't really want to talk to you anymore. But. You know, I, he seemed like a nice enough guy, so I said, hey, man, and he's talking to me, and he's trying to, you know, sell me on that he's uh, from the neighborhood, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, I live on, um, I live up on Ballantyne Bray. Now, for me, this triggers, because I grew up on Ballantyne Bray, right? Mm -hmm. I said, oh, you live on Ballantyne Bray. I grew up on Ballantyne Bray. And he looks at me, and he's like, I <laughs> and I was like, you're living in my house. This guy is living in the house that I grew up in. We So in like a parallel world, we grew up in this. He's living in the house that I grew up in. Now I'm fascinated by him. I feel like I have to support him now, right? Do you feel like I have to support this guy now because of this weird... Now you have uh, this like, connection. I have this connection with him, right? Like this glitch in the Matrix. So yeah, I, know, I feel like I have to support him. No, I can't tell. Uh, I have to do more research. But weird moment where uh, I thought maybe someone was trolling me. Just weird, odd, strange like, stuff. Like, are you on, like, a hidden camera thing or something? I don't know. I thought someone was trolling me. <laughs> Shared the house that I grew up in. I thought it was weird. It's a little weird. I thought it was... He thought it was weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a weird thing. I thought about it from his perspective. Right? Showing up at somebody's house. Like, you live here? I lived there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Um, so, shout out to that guy. Weird moment of the day. All right. Uh, before we get into our main story, I just want to say, Yankees, it was a tough loss, Game 7. Good job, guys. I appreciate all the extra baseball. Great showing in a rebuilding year. Great showing in a rebuilding year. Great showing. Didn't expect to get this much baseball. Nobody wants to hear about the baseball, but real quick, who are these maniacs that keep asking if Girardi's going to keep his job? Why would you fire Joe Girardi after the season? I don't know. They made all the way Makes to no game sense seven. to me. People no. talking crazy. Wild. Wow. Join us for the next episode of FTL Sports, where we'll talk about that. I will be here. Um, <laughs> sometime. <laughs> All right, so let's get in. I didn't have too many stories. Again, I've tried to stay away from politics uh, the last week. Good. I don't know if you guys noticed that. But today, we are briefly going to talk about the presidential runs in 2020. Okay? You guys ready to get into this? What are your thoughts about Mark Cuban? I think he should just stay on Shark Tank. You think he should stay on Shark Tank? <laughs> just do what he does best over there. Uh, do you like him, though, in general? Like, I guess, I, I, he's not just kind of air, a little bit too arrogant for mm -hmm. me. So he's not relatable. I can't, I don't know. Kev, what are your thoughts about Mark Cuban running for president in 2020? I think that um, celebrities running for president is terrible. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not into that. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of it more now that we've proven that we will elect literally anybody. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't like it. With that being said, if he wants to run as a Republican and primary Trump, mm -hmm. I would be happy to watch that show. Yes. Um, I would happy to be watch that go down. Um, I've read a lot of stuff from Mark Cuban. I, you know, I've read a lot about him, seen him yeah. on a lot of things. Um, I like Mark Cuban. Mm -hmm. I think he would be an interesting choice to delve into politics, but I think if you're going to do it honestly, you don't start with the presidency. No. If you want to get involved, run for something else. You right. know what I mean? Run for something else. Learn about it because... You shouldn't get the job at the point. very, very top of the mountain when you have no experiences anything underneath, as we've proven here. And he should if you, know that. Well, and he, he probably, you know, I'm sure he does, but, like, with somebody mm -hmm. who runs, you know, all these multi-million Fortune 500 companies, these people sort of forget that they're not on, yeah. cut out to yeah. be on top for things. So if you're serious about it, then I think you should take mm -hmm. it serious enough to run for something smaller and properly learn the ropes. But... 
That said, if he wants to run in primary Trump, it would be <laughs> amazing. It'd be a great show. I would like to see him and Trump just have a conversation, I think, on oh, TV. Uh, to be fair, this story's been getting a lot of buzz. He's really only said there's like, a, he, if he said if he was putting it on a scale, it'd be like a four out of ten. He yeah, it's like, one of those things where like it's not really a thing. People just want to sensationalize headlines because they get clicks, but. And I think people want anyone better than Trump right now. So. Well, for me, <laughs> it was, anybody. I'm just a big fan of Shark Tank. I thought it was funny <laughs> when I saw it in the news today. And actually, this got me thinking because we watched a bunch of episodes of Shark Tank last week. Are there any actual products that have done well on Shark Tank Tons. that you know of? Tons. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I feel like I've never seen any of them in the wild, but maybe I don't know their Shark you don't, Tank yeah, you don't products. Go, yeah, they don't necessarily always get advertised as that, um, certainly because it would sort of undercut their branding to tie it to the show. That's mm. not like what they're on there for. These people are to make real money. Yeah. And also, I think a lot of it is of what products are you really looking for? You know what yeah, I mean? Most a lot of them are like kids' products or yeah. activity products, things like... Mm-hmm. That you My mom... My mom has one of these things called a scrub daddy, which is some sort of sponge that looks like a smiley face. It's apparently a really nice sponge. This was like a big Shark Tank success. I never heard any of these. The breathometer, which is like a, a breathalyzer for your smartphone. I guess that's kind of mm-hmm. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bubba's boneless barbecue ribs. Apparently that was something that got pitched on Shark Tank. You know what I find even more fascinating, though? Did you know this? Did you know this story? If you go on Shark Tank, mm-hmm. right, even if you don't get picked... You give up like five percent of your future earnings because you still get the promotion of being on the show. Makes sense. It makes sense. Isn't and I, Amazon part of a percentage of that stuff too on there? I heard that they. I'd have to. I yeah. don't know off okay. the top of my head. Keep going, but I'm pretty sure. No, I'm sure it doesn't. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. It feels like it's all interconnected. Uh, so yeah, so we're not in on Mark Cuban. You wouldn't vote for Mark Cuban over. <laughs> Over Donald Trump. I vote for him over Trump, I, I would need, well, I mean, and that sort of highlights the problem, doesn't it? That people would pretend that they would or they wouldn't right now without hearing a single word about the man's policies. Exactly, yeah. Like, that's, that's the issue. The like, who the hell knows? Yeah. You don't know what he's running on. You don't know what he's running about. You know, it's it's always sort of been a popularity contest about who is the most charismatic, but mm. boy, it's really getting dumbed down to the lowest level. Yeah. Uh, I have an uplifting news story, if you guys want to hear it. First time for everything. Hit me. <laughs> so this is a... Uh, this is about a Spanish chef uh, who has been feeding Puerto Ricans uh, during in the wake of uh, the hurricane. Uh, this chef, uh, Jose Andres, was a well-known Spanish chef, and his charity uh, celebrated more than one million meals that they've been serving since Oct- uh, since they've been down there on September 25th. Um, him and his crew of about 50 people have been serving 60,000 meals a day to victims of the uh, the hurricane. Uh, and if you add up the numbers, they've actually reached 1.5 million meals since September 25th that they've uh, donated to people. This is actually more uh, than it's been achieved by the Red Cross at the moment. It's pretty wild, and I think, uh, and all that got me really thinking about it, I don't really have like a deeper story of this, I just liked it. At the end of the day, people like... People want to help other people at the end of the day, whether it doesn't have to be through, like, I want to donate to the Red Cross, I want to donate to this. Sometimes it's just people helping people, right? Just, like, simply people on the ground helping other people who need help. And that that made me feel good whenever that's One of the best parts of being a human, man, the human condition. Yeah. It's one of the best things about it. Um, it's really, you know, Puerto Rico is still, it's a huge mess. They still don't have power on like 20% of the island. I'm sorry, 80% of the island don't have power. (laughs) The former governor of Puerto Rico tweeted out a picture today from a hospital down there, one of the major hospitals Mm -hmm. of people doing surgery, surgeons Mm -hmm. doing surgery by cell phone light because they still don't have power, but these people who need surgery need surgery. And it does present an interesting opportunity for people going forward who want to help or get involved in the rebuilding. Like... We've been saying we've got a friend of ours we talked about off the show who's getting ready to move to Puerto Rico. Yeah. 
because he knows how to build electrical grids and they, they yeah. need that. You know what I mean? And Tesla's making this huge investment in, you know, the electric grid down there. And it's interesting. It really is because, you know, it one of those things like say I were to lose my job tomorrow, right? And I was looking for just a complete change. The idea of going down there and helping to rebuild and helping to get into things is a really interesting proposition for a lot of folks. And you're not going outside the United States, you don't need a passport, so um, there's a lot of horrible stuff happening and it's going to be, you know, worse than anybody thinks it's going to be once everything's said and done and written, but it's going to be a really interesting time for the state of Puerto Rico for the next mm. 10, 20 years to see how this plays out and how this alters their trajectory going forward. So it's interesting to watch history unfold, even when a lot of it is really awful news, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. No, but it's nice to see that. And somebody, I mean, sometimes you feel helpless here, even yeah. I do, because sometimes I think, oh, I feel so bad for them. What can I do? You know, and I wish mm. that I had the ability to do something like that or yeah. go there and, and help somebody. But it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like when I scroll through, again, I talk about it all the time. When I scroll through the news, I have to slog through a lot of negativity mm-hmm. and a lot of crap. And it was nice. I, this story made me feel good I like when I read it. Let me ask you guys a question about uh, sleep. It's different for you, certainly, if you have a child at home. How much sleep would you say you average per night? Um, uh, four to five, right? Four now. to five hours. Yeah. Kev, what about you? What do you think you're getting in sleep per night? Um, anywhere between five to seven and a half. Mm. Close, usually closer to the six to seven mm. range, probably. Uh, this seems pretty not ob- enough. Not enough. Yeah. yeah. Near enough. Seems pretty obvious, but the National Sleep Foundation came out earlier this week talking about how most adults are falling far short of the eight hours uh, mark that is set for what you would expect to be healthy sleep. Uh, this was actually a quote from Matthew Walker, who is a sleep scientist, which seems like a dope job. Um, Human beings are the only species that deliberately deprive themselves of sleep for no apparent gain. Many people walk through their lives in an unslept state not realizing it. Uh, if you sleep fewer than six hours a, uh, a day, uh, sleep deficiencies associated with uh, concentration, memory and immune system loss, and shortened lifespans. So I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, I feel like a lot of my, my students don't sleep. Like, my kids at school don't ever sleep, and I feel like it like affects them all day long. Even, like, me. I had a rough time sleeping last night, and I've been, like, a miserable prick all day long. It's like, very obvious. I actually went to my doctor last week because mm-hmm. I said, I'm just not sleeping. I wake up at 12 and I stay awake for three or four hours and I'll just lay there. So she recommended melatonin. Oh, you're melatonin now. Yeah. And she said, try that. And But she didn't seem concerned. I'm like, I'm only sleeping like maybe four or five hours. And they didn't really. She just said, try this. And that was. We're probably so used to it. You know what I mean? I don't even know. That. I don't even know what eight hours of sleep would be like. We live the, the world, you know, we don't talk about it much because everybody's used to, you know, we've got such a short scope of history in our own personal lives. But like the way that people sleep as as a, an animal, as a species that exists on the planet Earth mm-hmm. has changed so drastically in the last 100, 120 years because of the widespread use of electricity. Damn. And this move to like an eight hour standardized workday and things like that were people aren't sleeping in their natural circadian rhythms at all anymore because mm-hmm. you're supposed right. to sleep for two separate periods with a period of wakefulness in the middle of the night. Like, that's how humans have slept for yeah. millennia. And now all of a sudden it's changed, and, you know, we we as a species can be a little bit arrogant sometimes to think that we know best and the way things are is the best and the apex of the way things have ever been, that we've overcome our nature and our baser animal side. But at the end of the day, we've evolved to be a certain way, and we deny ourselves like that, and sleep is one of the best examples of the fact that we don't really live the way that our bodies are cut out to live yeah. in our modern society. Uh, and here's actually something I thought was fascinating. This is um, this is an idea that I actually probably believed at one point in time in my life, that like 
I lost all this sleep, but I'm just going to sleep it off. I'll catch all up. I'll catch up on my sleep on Saturday or Sunday or whatever. That's actually not how your brain works. Sleep is not like a bank. This is also a quote from uh, Mr. Walker. Uh, you can't accumulate a debt and then try to pay it off at a later point. Um, it's not like you get back those eight hours you lost. Uh, and matter of fact, when I try and sleep for more than eight hours, it's always a disaster. You ever try and sleep for like 10 hours, 12 hours? It throws your whole rest of your day off. You or oversleep. Or you take probably, a long nap during the middle of the day. You probably haven't remembered. I was going to say, you haven't slept for 10 hours ever. No. Not, since. not, not a long time. Uh, all right, so get some sleep, folks. Listen to this podcast, man. I'll put you to sleep. Hey, oh, no. Maybe right. same stories about coupons at the grocery stores. Just <laughs> ah, they didn't make it to this segment. You're not asleep yet. I've been opening my mail here because this, he this is the only time too. during the week I sit down at this table and I forget about all this mail. So there's a pile of envelopes, and if you really want to go to sleep, I can read you the contents of my mail here. It doesn't look very uh, interesting. Spectrum has an amazing offer to make me for Every a limited week. time only. Oh god, the Spectrum people love to send us off. Yeah, they're trying to get me a landline. Yeah. Trying to get me in the landline game. Hey uh, guys, I saw this today on the internet. It is sort of Halloween-y themed. I figure right before we go to break, we'll talk about it. Kev, you used to watch The Walking Dead a lot, did you not? Yo, you know what's funny about that is I finally bit the bullet on Tron starting the newest season that's on Netflix today. Mm-hmm. And I watched an episode. So yeah, I guess I, yeah, I, guess I do watch The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems, I've seen them all. Well, it seems to be back today because I saw a lot of people talking about it all day long. Um, and I feel like this is just... I, I haven't really watched much of it in a long time. Did American Horror Story kind of step on Walking Dead's corner a little bit? I feel like more people talk about American Horror Story I feel now. Like people are talking about Walking Dead still. Yeah, people talk. People are talking about American Horror Story this season because they're doing this like weird election thing. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I haven't really watched American Horror Story much since season three. Yeah, um, and I enjoy American Horror Story a lot. It's just I, I haven't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like those first couple seasons quite a bit, but they. The exception of that first season, I think they miss the mark sometimes, where it's like they've almost yeah. got something great, but they just come a little short. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it really stole its thunder. I feel like Walking Dead is still one of the biggest con- shows in the country. Mm, yeah. Ratings-wise, they, they got much more people watching than American Horror yeah. Story, certainly. Fair. I uh, I feel like I'm so far out of Walking Dead now, it takes so much for me to get back into it. it I know, I stopped watching like season six. Yeah, I'd have to really invest a lot of time now. But I loved it, The Walking Dead when it first came out. Like, I would imagine myself, like, if I was in that situation, all the oh, things yeah. I would do. Mm-hmm. I'd do that all the time, though. Like, I, I walk through life in that situation. I, like, I'm like, what would was... I do if I was... Mm-hmm. Uh, so two Halloween recommendations for you. Uh, by the time you guys uh, get, by the time we get to next week's episode, everyone will probably already have binged the new season of Stranger Things, which when is coming out twenty seventh. That's this weekend. Hell yeah! Uh, so by next week, if everyone's binge watched it, maybe we'll briefly talk about it. Also, do you know there's a new Stephen King thing on Netflix right now? It's called which one? Nineteen twenty two. Nineteen twenty two. I've heard it's good. Yeah, Thomas Jane. I'm a big fan of Thomas Jane. Big fan. Huge, huge fan. Did they release uh, Gerald's Game already? Or is that still Maybe. to be coming? I'd have to look. I think it might be out already. Interesting. A lot of good Halloween recommendations. Let's uh, let's get to this week's interviews, plural. But let's start first with Oneida County Tourism's uh, Director of Sales. She's been on the show many times. It's always a pleasure to talk to her. My GFOP on the show and off, Sarah Foster. We'll be back in just a moment.
so it's you texting James yes. on the microphone. Texting Jamie. Have you? Has he taught you any? Per, is what do you? What's he speak? Is Spanish. Maybe Spanish. Yeah. Are you good at Spanish now? No. <laughs> to be better. It's so bad. <laughs> well, just because like next time we go to Peru, because we had gone, he literally translated everything from what I would say he'd translated to Spanish for his family. Mm. Their responses he'd translate right back to English for me, which is like very hard to do. Oh yeah. You have to be really patient. And he didn't complain about it at all. But I just feel bad. It's like so unfair. <laughs> but his cousins here mm. taking um ESL classes through BOCES right now, mm. learning English. So it's actually really cool. She and I can have full conversations now. Well, I was just, I swear to God, it's so funny. I was just talking about this today with my kids about languages, right? And um, I, when I was in high school, I could choose Spanish, Italian, or, God, what is the other one? French? Spanish, Italian, or French? Yeah. Like the three Latin languages, right? And this is really stupid and like really American of me, I suppose. <laughs> but like... <laughs> I just assumed that all you did when you learned a new language was exchange the English word for the Spanish right. equivalent. A literal right? translation. Like a literal translation yeah. between like, oh, it just whatever the Spanish word for fish is, right? It took me a long... Pescado, yeah. Yeah, I only know restaurant Spanish. Like like table and please yeah. give me a salad and hurry up, this customer's mad at me. Things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the basic. Yeah, the basic, yeah. the real basic, like New York City Spanish. Yeah. Um, it took me a long time to understand the concept that it wasn't just literal translation. It's very hard to learn. Well, and that's if you use Google Translate, it does mm. a literal translation usually. Mm. Yeah, and I want to get those headphones. Have you seen those things? No. The, so Google has the earbuds now, the wireless earbuds that have the Google Translate in them, and they'll live translate like 40 languages. Oh, for that's you. amazing. I know. I'm super. I want it. Like, yeah. I, that's like, I very rarely huh. get excited about tech devices, but I'm Yeah, that's something that's guessed. useful. I just wish I learned when I was younger. Oh, yeah. The best time to learn is when your brain's developing when you're younger. Right. It's, I was just talking about this in my class. It's between like 10 and 12 and 12 and 13 is when you start to lose that ability, that cognitive ability yeah. to totally understand it. I feel bad for some We're like... so annoying as Americans. <laughs> it's every other country. No, they're like, yeah, I know like six languages. I'm like, huh. I don't know anything except for English. And I know... I've taken like five languages and don't know anything. I know enough <laughs> Spanish to take like five years of high school and college to yeah. pass it, but that's about it. That's yeah, all I the bit, Exactly. You ever show one of those? I took those books in college and I would take them to the restaurant. I'd show them to my buddies, like Carlos. Shout out to Carlos. And Carlos would look at the books. He's like, I don't even know what this is. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what they're teaching you. Well, that's like, actually what's the the popular translation thing? Um, uh, Babblefish, or what is no, it? No, no. Oh, um, that's like from the 90s. Uh, the Bing translator. No, the program that people. Oh, use. Rosetta Stone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would show some to James because the first time we were going to Peru, I was like, I'm like, oh, like, what about this? And he's like, I don't actually know what that is. So I feel like mm. it... Did you use the Rosetta Stone? I did, briefly. And then also that Duolingo app. Um, but then I kind of stopped. Yeah. I just got lazy with it. I really need to do it. I actually would love to go to, like, one of our local schools and take a Spanish class. It'd be interesting. It's, it's tough to get into now, my I know. Insight. It's hard. I, I just can't remember all the vocabulary. I understand yeah. the concepts. I can pick up on words. Like, I can understand <laughs> what they're talking about sometimes, mm. even judging by, like, a reaction mm. or, like, the tone, the vocal tones, but I need to know more. I said you were going to do 10 minutes before we I know. We've, we've done four minutes. procrastinating. <laughs> uh, Sarah Foster, uh, Director of Sales, United County Tourism. It's always a pleasure. What's good? Good to be back. <laughs> uh, I need to tell you, uh, I had a moment where I said, I, uh, I'm i going to keep my work clothes on. And then I was like, oh, no, it's just Sarah. I'm going to put sweatpants on. Yeah. That's a good thing. I hope you're not offended. Oh, no. I have gym clothes in the car. I wish I put those on before I came in. 
Am I like? Do I need to be more of an adult? I feel like I come no. home and I immediately <laughs> and I immediately no. change into sweatpants, and I'm like, I should probably keep my work clothes on at least like an hour when I get home. No, I no. get really uncomfortable seeing people <laughs> chilling in like jeans. Like, yes. If someone posts a picture of themselves in their home and they're like cooking and they have on a blouse and like pants, <laughs> I'm like, who are you? That is so weird. I I can barely make it through the door before I'm immediately in sweatpants. Like, Good. I don't know. I just like, I have to like live in comfort. <laughs> no, I think that's, I, and I don't know what that is. Like, I think it's, there's a certain type of person I think. Like, I'm like that too. Like, I feel like I check into work sometimes. I'm in and I'm clicking at work. And when I get home, I have to like, I'll change. Unclick. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm back out of it. Yeah. Uh, no, we actually, we had this conversation, my brother and I, with my parents. We're like, mm-hmm. listen. It was like an intervention. We're like, it's really weird that you guys like sit in jeans all the time in your own <laughs> home. Like, it's so mind boggling. So we bought them sweatpants last year for Christmas. And my mom's gotten like more into it. She'll be like, hey, Sarah, like wearing my sweats. And I'm like, good. But why is dad still in jeans and a dress shirt? <laughs> um, so I have a I have a reason for bringing you in here today. Yes. Uh, it's a sneaky reason. I don't, I've only sort of, we've vaguely discussed it a little bit because you mentioned it sort of before we started. Uh, I was at work last week. I worked for a program called the Young Scholars Program. Yes. And uh, I was at one of my meetings last week, and we were running through the itinerary for events coming up. And on November 10th at the Thinkubator, there was this event coming up where our students were going to go hear a presentation from the Thinkubator and Oneida County Tourism. Yes. I said, hey, who's giving the, the presentation <laughs> Oneida County Tourism? And they said, oh, Sarah Foster. I go, oh, I know her. She's my friend. Let me work that event. So I was yeah. like, I'll work that event. So I said, I'll Yay. work that event. And here's what happened. And I thought that was nice, fun. Yeah. What happened is my boss has now roped me into also giving a presentation about Maiden Utica at the event. Oh. So now I'm all... <laughs> so now you've turned into a presenter as well. Now I'm also presenting at the event. That's cool, though. I feel like the students will appreciate that. I hope so. Uh, but now I have to do one of my least favorite things on the planet and try and give a presentation about what Maiden Utica is, which I can barely explain when people ask me. It's one of my least favorite questions. It's a, always a loaded question, I think, to explain <laughs> what you do. It, it is, but I used to get so nervous, and I probably still will be nervous that day. But then I have to remind myself, like, this is what I do. I know it so well, and I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. Like, there's no one word to describe Made in Utica. Like, you could, I, in a very general sense, say community organization. Yeah. But then there are general. so many <laughs> factors and, like, different things that you guys do. And I, you could almost just, like, it's play hard. off each other. Yeah, but you could talk about events and even just, like, have an outline or something. It's, I have to come up mm-hmm. with something. Well, yeah. that's kind of what I was asking you. Like, what are you planning for this presentation? You got, like, a, you got like a PowerPoint? You got, like... Oh, gosh, I didn't know. I wasn't going to No, do I'm just curious. Like I'm curious. I was going to bring, like, your travel guides um, to show them. Um, are they all... How old are they? Oh, that's a good question. My kids are... My kids are, like, 7th and 8th grade, but I think okay, it goes so all the way up through 12th. So there might be kids all the way up through But none of them are 21 and up, so... No, they're all under um, 21. So no no pitching any, like, wine events, do or Right. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I would just mention that, that we do something like that. Like, we have the Brew yeah. Central, the Beverage Trail, but that um, another, like, large facet of what we do is related to agri- agriculture, agritourism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Me, I might get some stuff um, from Kelly because I know she actually has PowerPoints. Good. <laughs> and our annual meeting is this week where we give all the stats of like how many shows we've done a year, how many leads we've had. Um, and then also like, you know, one in 14 jobs in, I think, New York State is in the tourism industry. Right. And like, this is how much money Oneida County brings in a year tourism. This is how much the region does. So like, I would do some stats too, just 
And like, even mm. whenever I go talk, mm. I feel like I'm not giving away anything <laughs> because like, hopefully the people that are listening to this probably won't be at that presentation <laughs> unless Ryan Miller is, but I, oh, he'll to be, be like, he's going to show us up at bet too. He'll yeah. Have a, he'll, he'll, have have like a, a, he'll have like a drone coming in. I was going like, to say <laughs> a drone will fly in and it'll fly out laser lights and it'll yeah. be like, oh, thanks Ryan. Thanks, yeah. Ryan. But uh, I don't, I like, um, I always ask kids when I do those presentations, like, hey, you know, who's been to the Stanley Theater? Who's been to Munson Williams? Yeah, yeah. And they all raise their hands, and I'm like, did you realize that's tourism-related? And they didn't. And now, like, I, I literally just brought this up last week to Kelly, my boss, and said, well, I was talking to she and Marcy about it, and I'm like, it's kind of crazy that, um, so every, it's fall, so, like, everybody's pumpkin-picking, cider-tasting, all the fun fall, like, corny yeah. but amazing activities. It's, like, really a great excuse <laughs> to go drink hard cider. Fair. And wear a flannel. And, like, <laughs> like put on a beanie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it's so cool. It's, like, so, okay, so I might see a picture that, like, I saw Katie was at one the other day. And sure. I'm, like, oh, shoot, I want to go to Crits. And, like, Everyone's that's, going to Crits right now. That's supporting tourism. Yeah. And it's, like, I don't think everyone realizes that what they're doing is mm. tourism-related. But sure. it's, in general, an attraction. It's related to the agriculture side. It's related to the beverage industry side. And that's just, like, one part of it. But when you talk to people from other areas, they're like, oh, my God, you have the best. I was just downstate. And they're like, wow, the foliage by you. And I was oh. like, yeah, you're right. That foliage <laughs> by me. Like, we have amazing foliage. Um, I, I was actually... I was in class last week, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm looking at the trees. Yeah. And I'm real gassed up about the foliage. Like I'm like, man, that view is good. And everyone in my class is all stressed out because they're all like undergrad kids. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm a grad student, so I'm just like, it's a little different for me. Yeah. But they're all like uber. Like we don't care about the foliage. I'm oh. like, am I the only old man in the classroom who's like looking out the window <laughs> look like, at the look, leaves. look how nice the leaves are? I felt like it felt so old. I but. would totally be with you on that. Probably like trying to take a picture for Instagram. So. <laughs> Speaking of Instagram, people who follow you on social media know you post uh, wonderful photos from all your travels. Um, I try. Thank you. And people don't realize that you don't always go immediately and post them. So they just assume <laughs> Nick <you're>... Bruno, <laughs> I just, oh my God, I just called him out and then he went through and literally liked like 300 of my pictures. Shout out Bruno, love you. But yeah, <laughs> I, I have to take time. I can't, I'm not an immediate poster. Oh yeah, not me. Like either. I think if you look at my Instagram page, Sarah Foster 13, you'll see Word. that I have good quality pictures, at least in my opinion, I do. And I take hmm. time to edit them and make sure I like the way that it looks. And, like, I also take, like, James and I just went on this trip hmm. out west. And, I, was, I like, eventually I looked at him and I'm, we're, like, in the Grand Canyon. And I'm, like, oh, my God. I just took 30 pictures so of the same it. thing. And he was, like, he's, like, yeah. He's, like, I notice you do that. And he's, like, I do, too. And we're, like, it makes it harder to pick a picture. Because then I'm going through it. I'm, like, damn, there's, like, not that much of a difference. But, like, the light hits this one just a little bit better. You know what happens? I get that, though, getting all the pictures. And I wanted to talk to you about Grand Canyon anyway, so I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. But what happens for me is if I went to, like, I went to Washington, D.C. not too, not too long. I took yeah. a million pictures, and I posted a bunch of them. But then I have a 100 pictures on my phone that I haven't posted. I'm like, what do I do with these now? <laughs> like, post do I, whenever you want. I get just <laughs> repost them over and over yeah. again. Yeah, well, that's what we said. We're like, maybe we should just make a separate account that like has to do. Uh, 
I don't, I don't think it's going to give anything away, but we wanted to just somehow relate food and nature because that's mm. what James and I are good at. Oh, yeah. We, like, love to hike and we yeah, love yeah. leftovers and eating. So we're like, how do we combine those two? And then we, we literally have so much content between everything we've eaten and activities that we've done mm. that you we should, can make a full page. You should take a look at my friend Anthony O'Connell. Shout out to my GFOP, Anthony O'Connell, yeah. downstate. Down He's a comedian, but he just started doing a food Instagram in New York City. Yeah. He's, doing this, like, he's a comedian walking around New York City doing food stuff. It's called awesome. Upper Feast Side, which is one of my oh, favorite. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so yeah. good. Shout out to O'Connell. Check it out because I think I will. Like, there's, you could definitely. I love that concept. Me and O'Connell Upper are friends. <laughs> you can steal so stuff from him. It's fine. Um, uh-huh. I, I said it's okay, so it's fine if you steal anything from him. He's okay. my friend. It's okay. Um, <laughs> was Grand Canyon like, I feel like you see a lot of stuff. Grand Canyon must have been. Like, that must have been something. That's, like, number one on a lot of people's bucket list to see. Yeah, so I went to the Grand Canyon when I was little, and it was, like, very before I appreciated things like that. Um, James and I kind of put together a bucket list of places that we want to visit. Like, I mean, it's endless, but we were like, okay, you know, United States-wise, like, what do we want to do? And we're like, Washington, Oregon, like, Napa Valley area. And then we want to do Colorado. We want to do New Mexico. And so we tried to, like, figure out what we could put together. So, we had a badass itinerary. We mm. flew into Vegas. We didn't do anything in Vegas. We literally got our car and left. Went to Hoover Dam. Then went to Zion. We mm. hiked Angel's Landing. This is all intense. It was, uh, <laughs> that hike was so crazy. If you, you should look at his pictures. We, like, got a GoPro, like, that we're going to put together a video, too, of, like, all our footage of, especially hiking that. Bryce was my favorite. Mm. And Marcy warned me that it would be my favorite. She's like, Zion was dope. You're going to be obsessed with Bryce. And she was Mm. right. It looked like an alien invasion. I was on another planet. Mm. And I haven't posted all all my pictures from that yet either because it's like they need to be grouped together. Oh, yeah. Because you can see it and you're like, whoa, that looks nuts. But then you see a person by it and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize it was that huge. (laughs) Yeah. It puts perception. Grand Canyon was... Also amazing. Um, we hiked down three miles. So it's like you almost have an anxiety. You're going down and you're like, the further I go down, the further yeah, I have to hike back up. up. Yes, yes. And, but it was <laughs> yeah. really cool. It was cool to see it from in the canyon. Mm. And we like got insane pictures like standing <laughs> on a cliff. And then we're hiking back up and we're like, that's where we were standing. And we're like, don't show our, my parents because my mom will have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have so much stuff I want to throw at you, um, okay. but I can only tell I'm going to go over. So let's let's go to some events real quick first okay. while, we're, while we're here. Uh, it is Halloween season. It's that the, it is. It is fall season. Are there any particular events you're gassed up for for this weekend? Because this is going out. I'm not going to get another Halloween episode in before Halloween's over. So this is my last Halloween. Oh, yeah. Moment. Well, there are so many events. There are <laughs> Halloween events. And I there are a lot of good ones. I feel for kids and then yeah. adults. Hit me up with some kids ones. We talk a lot about adults. Okay, let I feel me. Like. Um, Although I do have to ask you, you ever done the KO industrial thing? Have no, you ever I'm like, I feel so lame. I get like really freaked out about this stuff. <laughs> I do it. Like speaking of anxiety, like I get nervous that someone's gonna jump out at me. And then I'm going to end up, like, hitting them. Yes. Like, yeah. Sorry, but, like, I'm not that sorry. Yeah. Um, I, no, and we, we interview him um, every year on our radio show that we yeah. do. And he's awesome. And I know I, that's one of the events I brought. Um, but they've added in, like, a new realm this year. And the, the guy that runs it came in, dropped off, like, posters. I mean, yeah. he does a phenomenal job. As I was driving here, I heard... 
the radio thing <laughs> for it, and I was getting freaked out. I was like, oh my god, this music. Do you get scared? But, you're, you get scared of movies too? You, you yeah, know. I used to never be that way. Um, I used to like thrive on that, and now I'm <laughs> now like, I'm like, eh, let's just like stick with the comedy. <laughs> like, I'd rather like watch This Is Us and just sob in every episode. <laughs> this Is Us person. Everyone, my yeah. mom is a big This Is Us person. It's just a really well made show. It's every Jesus. character is perfectly casted. And they talk about so many real issues. They did um, a pilot. It wasn't a pilot. It was like pre-season two, they did all these interviews where they brought in people that could relate to one of the topics. So it could be like the one guy that was adopted. And mm-hmm. it could be the woman that was overweight and always self-conscious. Um, the one guy that was adopted has anxiety. Yeah. I, I mean, there are just so many things. And people were coming on and they're like... It, this woman, she's like, yeah, you know, I've been overweight and I've always felt, mm. been self-conscious, but like, Kate, oh my God, like, so relatable. And then they bring out the characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like sobbing during this. <laughs> I'm like, every episode. But I'm like, these producers just know what they're doing and they're like pulling on heartstrings, but they're talking about very real issues. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, I don't know how you can't respect it. Mm. Like, it's an amazing show. My mom would be very pleased. She loves it. She's been trying to get me on it for months. I've effectively taken you off task again. So let me, all right. Family <laughs> all right, friendly. Family, a few. Um, okay, so we have Friday the 27th, Trick or Treat Street in the city of Rome. Uh, you can visit RomeNewYork.com to learn more about it. But it's uh, Halloween on the Griffo Green. Oh, nice. And there's outdoor movie, Halloween Town. There are food trucks, a costume oh. contest, scary story time, um, free cider and donuts. And that's Yo. 6 to 8 p.m. this Friday. I like it. Yep. Um, let's see. We hey. have Spooktacular at the zoo. Shout out to our GFOP Mike Beck and all our friends at the yep. zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Beck always keeping us in the loop. Um, try to summarize this. Dress up in Halloween costumes and bring the family trick-or-treating at the zoo. There's a fall foliage on the Harvest Hayride. Um, the prices include admission to the zoo, trick-or-treating at 13 stations, animal meet and greets, zookeeper talks. Um, it's $10 for adults and six for children. I love it. And there are food trucks there, vendors, and it's rain or shine. That's both mm. Friday, or that's both Saturday and Sunday. I want to say, real quick, I love the Spooktacular. It's one of my favorite events the zoo does all year. I'm talking directly to my buddies at the zoo. Yeah. Give me back just one scary event. They got rid of the scary stuff a couple years ago. Did they? they? Yeah. I, they used I haven't to have, been in a while. They used to have a really, really scary haunted house. And I understand. And, yeah. Because it, it seems like it's a fam- more family yes, geared event. Yes, I get but, it. Yeah, yeah. But what I actually love that the zoo does yeah. is they have all these other events that bring in different ages. Oh, yeah. And that's like part, it seems over the past few years. They did a great that job. they focused on, I mean, the wine event. I love Yo, that. I had a great <laughs> time at the wine event, actually. Yeah. Um, all right, all right. You want another? Yeah, give me one more. Okay, Boonanza. Um, this is at the Utica Public Library Hell Saturday yeah. from 2 to 4 p.m. It is ages 12 and under. Uh, you get to trick-or-treat between the stacks. You come in costume and wander the library to visit candy stations. There is a costume contest, and then there's a pumpkin carving contest, and that is 2 to 4 Utica Public Library this Saturday. Boom. I love it. That's good. We can call it there. That's good. Okay. I've made you do enough work for today. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have well, whatever you want. No, I appreciate it. Let me then shout out our website because yes, uh, go to oneidacountytourism.com events tab. Also, definitely check out our Facebook page, but that's where we share everything. But the events tab, mm-hmm. you, it'll do it like chronologically. Um, and you can learn about all the other things that are happening for adults too corn mazes, cider tastings. Can I tell you, I pulled it up on my phone to read off things and it was so extensive that I was like I'm just gonna have Sarah yeah no I know it's a lot <laughs> it, it, that's it's almost easier to go to Facebook sometimes and 
see what we're sharing. <laughs> so I got a couple quick hits for you before I let you go. I've already gone way over what I thought I was going to do. Surprise, surprise. I know. Um, we're not surprised. <laughs> so you are all, you're one of my, my seltzer queens in the world. Yes. What's your What's your seltzer of choice that you're rocking right now? Uh, well, always grapefruit, but always grapefruit. it's um the Aldi brand. James Yo. found it. What is it? Lacroix. No, no, that's Target. Oh, that's Target. Oh, there's oh, a shoot. There's a specific Aldi brand. Yeah. Yo. But he, he told me they Yo. reported back the other day and goes, he's like, so uh, bad news. He's like, they raised the price fifty cents. Yeah. He's like, so we might have to hit up Price Shopper again and do those like buy four cases Yo. for twelve dollar deals. <laughs> I'm like a little bit of an Aldi convert. Yes. Because uh, there's one near my work now, and it's real nice. Have you gone to the North Utica one? Uh, no. Oh, my God, no. James has been doing the grocery shopping because he rocks, and yeah, I best. hate doing it. <laughs> so he goes there. But now I need to find LD brand seltzer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and I, well, didn't I Snapchat you that picture? I've been um, off my Snapchat game so poorly in the last But I feel week. like you responded. I may have responded. Yeah, I took a picture. I was at CORE, and there was oh, a God. huge truck that just had massive polar seltzer. And I, I said, I was like, I'm like about to hijack this truck. Yo, and like you send did. it to everybody that appreciated yeah, seltzer. Yeah, I did see like, that one. <laughs> you and Julia. It's a La Vie. La Vie. It, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Really I think good. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just there like last I Highly week. recommend. All right, and because it's Halloween, I have a couple questions for you. There's like, first off, do you have a Halloween costume this year already? No. You've not done Halloween no. costume. No. Okay, so we're going out to Buffalo, actually. Sure. Um, my best friend in the world lives... Uh, she just got, actually, in a like, dope apartment on mm. the canal. Um, Marcy told me she had just been at this place called Riverworks mm-hmm. for a concert. And she's like, have you ever been there? And I'm like, no, but so weird you say that. My friend just sent me this thing. They're doing an event Saturday night in Buffalo at Riverworks, and it's like a 90s theme. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, that could keep it easy. I could just dress like 90s. Otherwise, I saw a, a costume of a, kid like a donut today, and I'd love to be a donut or something. Donut. <laughs> Last year, good. I wore a onesie. Uh, I think we were Ninja Turtles. I was a dinosaur onesie because it's easy, <laughs> yeah. it's easy to well, do. Onesies are awesome because if it's cold, you stay warm, but then it kind of sucks if it's hot out. Yes, it does. <laughs> Which it's like randomly warm it's lately. It's like 70 right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your best Halloween costume growing up? <sighs> I don't know. I feel like I always used to do the. The princessy things. Princessy. Like, you, I mean, I know I was costumes? Jasmine one year from Aladdin, and that was like a pretty great costume. Um, <laughs> really, though, like at last year or two years ago, I did Clueless, but that was like when I, as an adult. Yeah, Katie's outfit was a lot better. <laughs> she like nailed the outfit, and mine Katie's was like sort of put. Yeah, she's very good. At there's only like there's, there's like three ways you can do Halloween. It's like you either do funny Halloween costume, scary Halloween costume, or sexy Halloween yeah. costume. And I can only really do one of those. You should right? totally rock the sexy. <laughs> I'm gonna do a sexy Macho Man this year. Just show oh, yeah? off all my no. I, I like I've, it. I've given up on trying to do Macho Man because no one seems to have a costume, and I can't afford to buy one online. Yeah, I don't know how I'm gonna make. I it. think the sexy part is overrated. I I'd much rather like see. I mean, I don't know. We all want, like. I had the college days where we were, like, alternating everybody. Like, today I'm a cop, tomorrow I'm a firefighter. Yeah. And now I'm like, I want to be a donut or sit in a onesie. Something funny, yeah. Like, it's just like... Yeah, it's uncomfortable that I can wear the whole night. Exactly. Listen, I will let you go. Thank you so much for stopping by. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it all the time. Uh, What was the website one more time? OneidaCountyTourism.com. Sarah Foster. Yeah, check out the events tab. One of the best. We'll be back in just a moment. (laughs)
Hey, thanks again to GFOP, Sarah Foster. Always a great pleasure talking to her. As usual, I said, let's do 10 to 15 minutes, and we went 22 because it's just the way it is. All right. That was Sarah Foster. Coming up now, uh, my interview with GFOP, Bethan Marr of the Adirondack Scenic Railroad, returning uh, for a quick interview. So let's get to that right now. first no you know what it's more fun to just throw you off oh good plan and uh i actually i'm also looking up trying to figure out live when the last time you were on the show was it's been a long time since you were on the show it's been a hot minute you came on with uh mr piersma the last time the first time i was not and let's i'll let you guess which was a better episode well here's the thing though you all right you're not getting a trophy this time by the way I still have that trophy, actually. Mark and I trade it between our desks. Can I tell you that most people get the trophy during the interview, and they go, oh my god, the trophy, thank you, blah, 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 and then they leave the trophy here, and then I just recycle the trophies, because they forget them all the time. Do you want me to send a picture of the trophy on one of our desks? I've seen your trophy. No, I appreciate that you actually kept it. Uh, And also, I haven't told Mark this today. Mm. Okay, so Mark, I had asked Mark to come on the show for like two weeks, and we have not been able to get him to come on. Typical. So, it's not his fault. It was my fault. But apologies to Mark that I told him today before I asked you to come on that I'd get to him next week, and now I'm not going to because you took his you took his spot. So you, Wait, you, you asked Mark before me? Well, I didn't. It's been a long time since you've been on the show. I didn't know if you wanted to come on anymore. You asked Mark before me. Uh, hmm. Well, listen. All right, then. If you really want to get into Quality it. Quality is clearly I, tanking. I can get in. <laughs> listen, I can get into. Uh, we'll get into why I asked Mark first when we're not on the air. Are you playing with a dinosaur already? Usually we wait till the end to play with the dinosaurs. You know that I'm not a good guest. You're a troublemaker. You know I'm not a good guest. So, uh, you gave me one note coming in here and was, I don't want to talk about the court case. So, we're so not, that's what you're asking so we're, me no, now? So we're not going to talk about it. Okay. So I will say that, uh, I will say very quickly and get out of the way, congratulations. We're thrilled, we're super excited, yeah. we're pumped, and we've talked about it a whole lot, and we've got a lot of other yeah. good stuff going on. Good, fine, Boom. excellent. That's all I wanted to say. Uh particularly, I need to say this to you. You must be very excited for the Polar Express. This is like your big event of the year, right? Yeah. 25,000 people in six weeks. Hmm. We hired a director from Disney this year. So, really? oh yeah, we're we're taking it up a notch. What's that like? I feel like um, the quality control's got to be crazy. Oh yeah. he's He, he is simultaneously, <laughs> sorry Dennis, he's simultaneously absolutely fabulous and totally maddening because every time mm. he has an idea, it's like, all right guys, we're just going to put everything on hold for six hours while we figure this out. And he's great. He's no, super fantastic. And, you know, he's, we're incorporating like all of the characters. So... Um, not just the, the chefs and Santa, right. we're going to have, you know, Smokey and Steamer, sort of the crazy guys and then try to fix the, you know, fix the Polar Express when it derails and all of those things. So we're, we're excited. He's done a really cool job casting this. Mm. Yeah, are you involved in that at all with like getting people to cast? I am. Yeah. What's I that am. Like? <laughs> um, I'm the one that makes them cry. No, uh, no, that's a lot of fun because we're you know it's there's such a huge range of ages and experiences and backgrounds and we've got you know people with like music theater degrees and mm. then we've got you know our little hero boy or you know nine ten year old kids and mm. it's a it's a really eclectic group and it's a ton of fun. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited for it. Uh, I know my niece and nephew, it's one of their favorite things they do all year. 
Uh, I do want to talk to you about something else. You are a hard person to pin down. Hard to get a hold mm. of you. Mm. You're never mm-hmm. around. I feel like I talked to you a few weeks ago, and then you were off traveling across the United States. I try. You, you I do what I can. Travels. You were in, let's say, you were in Minneapolis. I was. And I thought, I appreciate, I was a little frustrated with you in Minneapolis, actually. Why? Well, you were watching, if I remember correctly, you were watching Yankee game in Minneapolis. Okay, so I, Well, yeah. you had no faith in the Yankee, for someone who claims to be Yankee No, 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 fan, no. listen, you... listen. All right, so <laughs> I was at a railroad convention in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and a railroad convention is everything that you can imagine, hope, and dream of. So I had been on a particular, it had been a particularly long day of train excursions and seminars, and... Um, they're actually, they're super fabulous because the networking is great and everyone has the same challenges and no one's really in direct competition with each other, Yeah, but it makes for some really long days. So I went to, uh, the, the local watering hole closest to the hotel, which happened to be a sports bar with, uh, I think, believe it was 97 beers on tap. Not that I noticed. Um, yeah, of course not. And yeah, so I was watching the Twins game in Minneapolis, and I was the only Yankees fan in a very, mm-hmm. very large bar. Oh, yeah. And we were, we were like, and I'm going to say, just at the end of the first inning, and the Yankees were down. The twins were up, were up three, three zero. And I was very loud and um, angry <laughs> and adamant. And at that point, you know, we still had like five days of conference to go. Sheena, our operations manager, literally like dragged me by the ear out of the yeah. bar and was like, listen, I'm not going to get killed in Minneapolis. So we're going back to the hotel bar where I know no one will be. And we're watching the game there. Well, I, it's funny because I, I hope this isn't too bad. And then bad. we won. And then I we hope, won. Well, I hope this isn't too bad. We... You texted me and said, how do I handle... These people in Minnesota who are trolling me because the Yankees are losing. But by the time I got that message, the Yankees already come back. Yeah, no. So, so, my, so, so, so what, what had happened was that like, by the time we got we got from the bar back to the hotel, had said you know said hello to thirty people in the industry that I've known for a yeah. few years, and it had sort of been like, listen, I've got five more days with you. I really want to talk to you. Really appreciate seeing you. I have a game I need to watch. Um, yeah, then then they were up and winning, and it was great. So let me hey. ask you this question: What goes on at a train conference, or like a? <laughs> I, I'm I'm just curious because like I can't imagine are you just running through like what you guys got going on. Is it like a? Yeah, so there. I mean, so there are a lot of a lot of excursions, which are cool. And, you know, visit other railroads, see what their best practices mm. are, steal ideas. Um, there's a bunch of seminars. Um, you know, on like everything from like branding and marketing to. Mm-hmm. This is how you fix the air brakes, the you know, on this type of car. Um, so huge range. Then everyone sort of talks shop, you know, everyone that runs the Polar Express talks about the Polar Express and mm-hmm. what they're what they're doing. And then there's usually a certain amount of uh, trading railroad war stories mm-hmm. that happens to therapy sessions <laughs> that tend to happen. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you would be this deep in railroad stuff growing up? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Every now and then, I still wake up and I am like, "Oh, what am I doing with my life?" Hmm. Yep. No, I'm in this. Cool. Let me ask you this question, and I, I, I hope this isn't too out of bounds. You are a very young, uh, attractive, funny woman. Hip, I attractive. Paid him to woman. say that. Uh, I, know, um, I didn't. Uh, in like in a world that I can't imagine that there's a lot of other 
young hip women in. Uh, maybe there I'm were, wrong. So, so at this conference, we we counted there were there were eight women and a two hundred attendees. Yeah, so I say, yeah, what, is it a little? Do you find it to be like a benefit or sort of a curse sometimes? Both, a bit of both, right? Um, you know, a lot of people see me and assume I don't really know much. Mm. Um, that's a, is the real thing still. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm also, I guess, fairly memorable. So once I meet someone, they tend to remember me and what I'm doing uh, and yeah, you're a troublemaker. What, what we're well. about, I'm not. You are a troublemaker. I'm only when I'm watching the Yankees play the Twins in Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> So let me ask you this. Uh, things have been good then so far. Things so are great. You're ramping up. You're getting into this part of the year. What's, uh, I think about this all the time. Like, um, I feel like people don't talk about trains all that often. Like, the only no. times I hear about the train world, and I'm, I'm not being facetious, are, like, when Joe Biden rode the Amtrak and when you guys won And when this, I randomly text you. Yeah, when you train. randomly text me yeah. and talk okay. about trains. Yep. Or uh, when... Like when you guys won the sport case, you don't, it, it yeah. seems like it's not brought up unless there's these like weird moments that happen. How do you sort of feel like the forecast is for like train travel in general these um, days? I mean, the, the railroad, so there, there's a, the freight industry is its own beast. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is probably the only developed first world country in the world where, um, you know, railroads are expected to maintain the track that they, yeah. they run on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of it's sort of like asking um, tr- the the truck driving industry to pay for the throughway. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so so that's one freight. Freight is freight is freight. It is what it is. Freight generally tends to take precedent over passenger rail, which is sort of an issue in this country. Mm-hmm. I mean, the country is huge, um, so high speed rail has a lot of challenges in that regard because, you know, the the legality surrounding railroad corridors are. I'll, Actually, let's. I'll just skip that because we would need an hour, and you would not have any listeners. Um, but you know, the tourist railroad industry is really in this weird. Um, I think, you know, it, it's a lot of railroads are having to find themselves, and I think that's yeah. what we've experienced too. Where you know, there, you've got a lot of sort of mom and pop type operations that were started, you know, with volunteers, which you know, in the seventies and the eighties, which yeah. is fabulous. Um, but the same the same old business models aren't working, and tourism has sort of changed um, focus to these experiential, hmm. um, you know, attractions. So I think from an outside perspective, and again, you haven't paid me for this particular thing, although you've paid me in the past for in full disclosure. I have to say that I think you guys have been actually. It's been really, at least a year. It's been a while uh, since you paid me. For Sounds. Anything. By the way, thanks for that. Well, listen, hey, listen, we do business together. I do business with lots of people in this town. Uh, but I'm saying, I think that currently you're not paying me, and I still think that you guys have done a really good job, like finding new avenues to. It's to, all like, about make events. The most out of it. like, it's all about really- events. All about the customer yeah. experience. All about creating this moment as soon as someone gets on board the train. What do you think? No one pays anybody for anything. Like people are going to be offended by that. That's how business I- works. Well. Mm. Ah, I right, well, right, move along. All right, so let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you this question. Polar Express obviously is a big thing, but what? Are there any other like events you sh- you want to bring up for people who are maybe not knowing about upcoming stuff? So that's coming up yeah, right I now? mean, buy your Polar Express tickets now because sure. I'm just gonna throw the plug out. Every year there is a frantic father that calls. That's hysterical because he lied to his wife in July, told her that they bought tickets, and he actually went out to the bar with his buddies or went golfing and didn't do it. And now his mother-in-law is coming in, Mm -hmm. and he has, like, all of the siblings and aunts and uncles, and he told everyone he took care of the tickets, and he didn't. Mm. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Um... (laughs) (laughs) No, so we actually... So we just bought two new passenger cars at auction. 
in August. Um, they're not here yet, but they'll be here soon. Mm-hmm. That was a fun experience. I was going to say, did you have to go there? Were you I did. Up the thing? That I did, amazing. and I did. I did the inspection <laughs> with my hard hat, and my steel-toed <laughs> boots. It was that was that was a lot of fun actually. Um, so we just bought two new cars. So we have a, a one point five million dollar grant to sort of like re- refurbish and expand the fleet. And I'm really excited about that because that's going to increase the level of service a lot. Um, So, yeah, I think probably the most exciting event for me that we've done this year, sort of it's our second year, our Haunted History Trains. Nice. Really love those. Those are super cool. They they depart from our Thundera station, and I think next year we're going to be running them out of Utica, too. Nice. Getting going on this weekend for Halloween with that? Um, well, we, we do kids trains, kids so it's trains. all the, it's all the kids trains departing from Holland Patton. Hey, speaking of which, it is Halloween, this is technically, we're not really making this the Halloween episode, but a lot of people will be listening to this in the lead up mm. for Halloween. First off, it's gotta be interesting for you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you out right now on the show. Oh. Many times, uh, when I either try and prep for shows, I try and find stuff to talk about people, but you, more than any person I've ever met, oh don't like pop culture. I bring up pop culture stuff to you all the time. I'll reference some pop culture stuff, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Correct. What does somebody who doesn't like pop culture do on Halloween? What are you dressing up as? Uh, I have no plans this year. No I have not. Plans. No, so so no. I like I haven't been home in like three weeks, and I just I haven't gotten to the point that I have my laundry done and I have food in my refrigerator, and I will figure something out to do this weekend. So if anyone would like to invite me to your Halloween party, that would be great. Um, last year I was Amelia Earhart, and it was great because it was the sense. easiest costume. I just had to wear like a leather jacket and boots. But you wear but, all the time. but 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 but. <laughs> I dressed my dog up as an airplane, and she kept crashing into things. Of course you did. You got a new dog, didn't you? Yeah, so, you will know, Halloween, right? Couples costumes oh, with my no, dog. No, um, I did have it. I, I impulse adopted a new an, another dog. Of course you did. How's, how's, how's it going? She, well, now that she's on her anxiety meds, and we've been through several months of training, mm-hmm. she, it's, it's great. Are you, like, a mutts-only person with dogs? No, I, you... Allie's a purebred. Pure you know that. What kind of dog is Allie? Really? I don't know dog really? names. Because I was looking at dogs yesterday. She's a lab, and she's perfect. So I've been looking up different dogs, so I'm kind of curious about dogs lately. You ever dealt with a Do border? you want to borrow one? Well, I, I can borrow Parkins in the chairs. You ever dealt with a border collie? I'm kind of fascinated uh, by So Katie collie. is actually, like, part border collie. Okay, I'm okay. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah, Katie is part border collie. I've heard that they're the most intelligent dogs. She is smart, which is a problem. Problem. Okay. Yes. Right, good to know. I you can gonna... borrow her if you want to see what a border collie is like. She's a... Treat and a half. We've got a lot of chewable stuff here in the studio. Dogs are a problem. You already have, she doesn't chew. You already she, dealt um, with Charlie the cat in here, and he's enough of a problem as it is. Yeah, I really, I didn't know you that not, was your You cat. did not know how to deal with that cat. You're not a cat person. I held a cat. So in California, I held a cat for the first time in 10 years. Hmm. Did you Did you enjoy it at all, even for a second? It was terrifying. It was terrifying. Of course it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beth, before we get into some lightning round questions I have for you, Ooh. where can people go if they want to get their tickets? AdirondackRR.com and do it soon because mm. Polar will sell out and don't don't be that guy with your mother-in-law here waiting to ride the Polar Express without tickets. Don't do it. It's like all my family members. Don't be any of my family members. <laughs> all right, so since you are no pop culture, I'm curious to say what you'll say about this. Give me one book album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to. I was actually, you know, I was actually terrified you were going to ask me that, and I was like, quick, I really need to listen to some different music right now, because if he asks me what the last thing I listen to is, it's going to be horrifying and embarrassing. (laughs) Well, he's giving you a book or a television show if you don't want to tell me your embarrassing music. Um, a book or television, I don't. Um, you don't even watch. You watch like history documentaries. You don't even watch. I was going to say I've, I've been rewatching the Ken Burns 
World War II documentary for probably the 150th time. like a new thing, doesn't he? Doesn't Ken Burns have like some new thing out now? Yeah, you know what? And I don't know what it... Again, I need a life. All right. right. Let me ask you this. John Denver. I've been listening to John John Denver. Denver. No, it's terrible because that means I love my mother, mom, I love you. I'm turning into her. And I hated John Denver growing up. I hated John Denver. I turned into my stepdad. I listened to all the music that he listened to that I made fun of him for, like Elvis Costello and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, Elvis Costello puts on a hell of a show. I would love to see mm-hmm. Elvis Costello. Seen him twice. Oh, lucky you. All right. So when you wake up in the morning, what is the first piece of media you consume? Uh, the New York Times. New York Times. New Times person. You don't go to the Post? You're not a Daily Post person? <laughs> uh, my dad is, actually. So, so, uh, so the, the news app on the iPhone is a terrible, terrible thing. Because, you don't like, like it? Well, well, no. You, you, it's because right, every yeah. three seconds I get a, I get an alert that we're almost at well, war with North Korea. It's true. That, well, that's because every... Like news you know. place I go to says that. So, so I've tried. I've had to sort of like go to the other side. I really love the New York Times editorials, actually, and then I and then I tend to scale down and see what else is going on in the world. I used to like the Economist, but I'm not trying to pay for it online. Well, all right. So you really want to know New York Times, Washington Post. Always check out Fox News, the BBC, mm-hmm. and then I usually read um, El País through oh, just for the international flair. And I guess I'll give you one last one. What is the most suggested? Uh, piece of literature you've ever given to anybody? The like, most... What book do you suggest the most to people? Oh, that's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, you're gonna have to like cut out the five minute pause. I'm sorry, I can just hum quietly and play the. I can. I have a lot of books I wouldn't. So see, here's the thing: is I read things that no one else does. You know, classic book, The Greatest Generation, Tom Brokaw. Hmm. Really. Really like that huh. book. Really like that book. Interesting. Never thought about that. I know. Really that's a good note. I good. know. I it like wasn't what people, you were expecting. No, I like when people give me stuff that I would not have thought of otherwise. I love that one. And there's a sequel, and then he does another one, boom, about the 60s. Hmm. Tom Brokaw, you're great. Bethan, thank you for coming back on. It's been Thanks. a long time. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's cool. I, I know that I'm, I'm playing second fiddle to Mark Piersma. Hey, listen. You don't spend any time around here if you weren't gallivanting all over the United States between... I was here, what, like June, July, August, September, and just not October. Well, listen, I'm just happy you came in, okay? Mm, You take the compliment. All right, thank you, thank you. All right, thanks thanks again. (laughs) We'll be back to the show. I'll let you... I got a couple of Halloween parties I can invite you to after this. So you're going to cut out 15 minutes of us arguing? Yes. Okay. We'll be back to the show in just a minute. Thank you to Sarah and Bethan. Multiple interviews this week because I like making my life harder sometimes, I guess. Fair, I, I could not disagree with that. Sometimes. You certainly do. Sometimes. Uh, you guys ready for some history lessons? No. As ready as you will be? No. All right. Uh, <laughs> they're a little over the, all over the board this week, the history lessons. So uh, we'll just start here on this day, October 23rd. Just the year 42. How about that one for you? The, old, the oldest history lesson I can think of in a while. On this day, 
Marcus Junius Brutus, the leading conspirator in the assassination of Julius Caesar, committed suicide after his defeat at the Second Battle of Philippi. Oh, I thought it was maybe because they were doing history lessons on his podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, two years before, uh, Brutus had joined with Cassius uh, Longinitis, I can't even think of that name, uh, in a plot against Roman dictator Julius Caesar, believing he was striking a blow for the restoration of the Roman Empire. However, uh, Caesar's assassination plunged the Roman Empire into a new round of civil wars uh, with the Republic forces of Brutus and Cassius vying for supremacy against Octavius and pop singer Mark Anthony. Um, <laughs> on October 23rd, Brutus's army was crushed by Octavian and Anthony, and Brutus took his own life. Kind of a crummy way to go. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. It was a really... I thought about this. October 23rd, 42. How do they have such an accurate description, I know, I right? I was thinking about that. that. How do you know like, for sure? How, how much evidence was really there? I need to do further that. research on this. <laughs> What are your thoughts on Julius Caesar? You ever see any movies plays by Julius Caesar? I feel like I was supposed to read the play when I was in high I school. I have. I read the play in high school. I've, I've read... It's it's Julius Caesar in, like, peak Roman Empire era, so I feel like everybody's read something or gone over it for some, you know, unit in school. Yeah, for sure. Pretty well-known, like, beginner history, almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Moving on, October 26th on this day in 1825, the Erie Canal opened, connecting the Great Lakes with the Atlantic Ocean via the Hudson River. Governor DeWitt Clinton of New York, the driving force behind the project, led the opening ceremonies and rode to the canal boat, the Seneca Chief, from Buffalo to New York City. Talked a lot about the Erie Canal. I love the Erie Canal. I think it's, can I say it? Are you guys going to laugh at me if I say fascinating? No. I'm going to say fascinating. It's fascinating. Uh... (laughs) I thought this was actually really cool, though. So they found this really ingenious method of communicating to let people know uh, that they had started the trip, right? So he's leaving from Buffalo to New York City, and as uh, DeWitt Clinton leaves Buffalo, uh, they start they arranged cannons down the river, like the, across the entire canal. So once the the boat was uh, was launched. They fired the first cannon. In the distance, the next cannon heard the cannon shot and then fired their cannon, and so on and so on and so on and so on. Uh, it took 81 minutes to get from Buffalo to New York. The word was relayed in 81 minutes, uh, and it was the fastest communication the world had ever known at the time. I thought that was really cool. That's I don't know. Cool. I thought that was interesting. Oh, that's cool. Mm. I like that one. That's pretty yeah, good. That's a good. It's one. pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Did you say uh, they moved our cannon? Utica? What about it? The, uh, one of the cannons out in front of the armory. They moved it. Yeah? Sent it away. Sent it away? I think right. it's in Saratoga now, maybe? Mm, that's yeah. a shame. Yeah, that one, that the oldest, the second oldest one, the one that was on wheels out in front of the armory over on Culver. Mm. I always like driving by there. It's a cool building. It is a cool building. Uh, by the way, uh, the Erie Canal is technically still usable, for the most part, by pleasure boaters, uh, and it can actually carry like heavy barges. It's not the same way it used to, mm-hmm. so... Erie Canal, cool stuff. Good stuff there. Good stuff on that one. October 25th, on this day, 1881, Pablo Picasso, one of the greatest and most influential artists of the 20th century, was born in Malaga, Spain. Uh, He had his first art exhibit at the age of 13 and later quit art school so he could experiment full-time with modern art styles. Um, I feel like Picasso's one of those things that I... I've talked about it before. I only got into art because I dated a girl who was into art in college, so I took, like, a couple art history courses. <laughs> so I only know certain things. You ever actually seen, like, a Picasso painting anywhere, like, a museum or anything? Yeah. Yes. They're yeah. pretty cool. Like, to see... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty dope. Um, 
Do you have like a favorite painter? Is it like a painter? That's one of my weirdest things. When I go to like an art museum, I never like never know what to look for or what exactly I'm looking for. I'm overwhelmed. Sometimes. I usually I feel like art museums aren't like always that big, so I just look at everything. Um, I've got I don't think I have a person mm-hmm. who I'm like this this person is like my favorite painter. I think I've got people and styles that I go towards mm-hmm. or that I tend to like, but I appreciate a lot of different kinds of paintings, mm-hmm. so it's tough to pick. Yeah. Just well, it's sort of like it's almost like saying like, "What's your favorite? Your favorite band? Or your favorite author?" It's the same kind of thing. Right. It's like, well, it depends what I'm looking for. I like a lot of different things. Uh, so Picasso had like a bunch of periods that he was known for. That's kind of his big shtick. He had a lot of overlapping periods over his career. The blue period, which was. Um, basically showcasing blue tones to invoke the melancholy world of the poor. Then there was the Rose Period, which often depicted circus scenes. Uh, and then uh, he was one of the forerunners of the Cubist movement. Uh, and then his, fa- his most famous painting came in 1937 with his masterpiece, Guernica, a more, uh, monumental work that invoked the horror and suffering endured uh, by the Basque town of Guernica while it was destroyed by the German warplanes during the Civil War. Uh, he lived in Paris during the Nazi occupation, uh, but was fervently opposed to fascism, and after the war, he joined the French Communist Party. Uh, and he also uh, continued to produce art uh, with undiminished force until his death at the age of 91 in 1973. That's always weird to me when you find out, like, how like close you were to, like, 1973, yeah, yeah. 73, it's like, that's not very far away. So there you go. Okay, <laughs> this is an outrageous one. On this day, October 24th, 1901, um, a 63-year-old a school teacher named uh, Annie Taylor became the first person to take the plunge over, over Niagara Falls in a barrel. After her husband died in the Civil War, uh, the New York-born Taylor moved all over the U.S. before settling in Bay City, Michigan. Um, she was strapped for cash and seeking fame, and she came up with this perfect attention-getting stunt. She, she would go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Uh, she was not the first person to do this. In 1829, a guy named Sam Patch uh, survived jumping down the falls on the Canadian side. But 70 years later, she took the ride on October 24th. Uh, it was an old wooden pickle barrel that was 5 feet high and 3 feet in diameter uh, with cushions in it to break the fall. She was towed out to the center of the lake, and she was cut loose. Um, <laughs> she reached shore, battered 20 minutes after the journey began. She took photo ops and speaking engagements. Surprisingly, her fame cooled, and she could not uh, find the fame and fortune which she had hoped. So, thank you. That's so time. sad when you're trying to find money that you're throwing yourself over the Niagara Falls. Um, so between 1901 and 1995, 15 people have attempted to do this since then. Uh, how many do you think have survived? Eight. Eight? Kevin? More than have should have. If you get in a barrel and you go over the Canadian <laughs> side of Niagara Falls, uh, you're wasting the planet's resources. Uh, of the 15 who've survived, of the 15 who've gone, 10 have survived of the 15. So you got a two out of three chance. Uh, no matter the method, however, going over the falls is illegal, and you will face charges and stiff fines so on either side of the border. That. I just don't get it. All right, so let me ask you. We're going to play a quick game here called What's It Going to Cost? Because uh, everybody has a price, my friend. Less than you think, pretty much all across the board. What do you got? Right. <laughs> so uh, going over Niagara Falls in a barrel, and let's just assume that you will survive, okay? For the sake of this argument, theoretically, you know you're going to survive. You're guaranteed survival? Guaranteed survival. Going Are you guaranteed like not to be like paralyzed or otherwise maimed? 
You'll survive, and you'll walk away from it, and you'll be able to have a photo op the way that Ann Taylor did. So no permanent damage? No permanent damage. But to go over the falls, how much are you talking You're about? You're not copping charges either? Are, you, are, you, are they being taxed, too? Is are you going to get arrested? Taxed? Never. Never in these scenarios. <laughs> taxed. No taxes, no, no charges. I'm saying the actual experience of getting in a barrel and going over the waterfall oh. into the thing. So getting in the barrel, going over the waterfall, but I know I'm not going to die, I know I'm not going to be hurt, I know I'm not going to be arrested, I'll do it for free. That sounds amazing. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be paid. Because tr- what's the risk? I don't trust anybody. No, I don't believe anyone that tells me I'm going to go over the falls in a barrel and I'm going to be fine. All right, so let's, there's not, there's so no let's say way. there's no guarantee on safety then. <laughs> there's no way. Just, mo- just monetary compensation. Strictly monetary compensation, no guarantee of personal safety. What are we talking? Hundred thousand dollars? No, I like five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. Something happens to me, my family will have some money. Five hundred thousand is a good number for you. Yeah. What about two hundred thousand? No, I want it. Or I'm not doing it. What three hundred thousand? <laughs> so about four hundred ninety-eight then. All right. Okay. okay. So I'm trying to find the number. Okay, so how about four ninety? Four ninety. So let's say four. Well, four hundred thousand. Okay. Four hundred thousand. You heard it here, folks. Kickstarter account four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> if you folks can raise it, we can get Heather to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel in a with barrel. no with no thought to her own safety <laughs> because she loves the show. Only so, for you guys. So so much. Only for you guys. <laughs> okay. I'm going to skip the last history lesson that we were going through. We'll go right to the oh, final one. It must one. be my birthday. Wow. <laughs> uh, birthday. Well, this is a, and this one's about uh, authors. This is the last one we'll do today uh, because I think you'll have a hot take on this. Uh, on this day, October 23rd, 1942, uh, famous author Michael Crichton was born in Chicago. Uh, Michael Crichton was the son of a, an executive editor uh, and graduated summa cum laude in Har- uh, from Harvard and taught anthropology. He returned to Harvard for medical school, but decided that instead he would start writing novels after, Smart. <laughs> after publishing five novels under his pen name John Lang and then one another, another under his name Jeffrey Hudson. Um, growing up, like Michael Crichton was one of two authors who I knew. Right, It was Stephen King and Michael Crichton. Because Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park. He wrote, oh, okay. yeah. Uh, some of yeah, some of his best-selling novels: The Andromeda Strain, Terminal Man, Congo, uh, The Great Train Robbery. Uh, he also directed the original version of Westworld, which is very popular now on HBO I from 1973. <laughs> uh, did you ever read any Michael Crichton books growing up? Besides Jurassic Park, tons, tons, tons. I remember really liking Jurassic Park, obviously, because I was sucked into the Jurassic Park obsession. But a lot of his books didn't totally. Like, I didn't care to read, like, The Andromeda Strain. Andromeda Strain, I tried to read. I have a bunch of his books in paperback because they're always, like, 40 cents Mm -hmm. uh, at the bookstore. Um, Andromeda Strain specifically suffers from being written so long ago but trying to talk about futuristic technology that it doesn't really jibe because it seems outdated Mm -hmm. even though they're talking about aliens. You know what I mean? So, like, it just doesn't really fit. That's a problem that you run into sometimes, like... Science fiction and tech books were like the we surpassed the technology and they don't really get yeah. it anymore. There's a bunch of his books I've read that I thought were great. I thought Congo was great, actually. People, people crap on Stephen King all the time for having bad idiots for having bad movie adaptations oh, no, that's right. of his that's books. Right. I would say that outside of Jurassic Park, Michael Crichton has caught a really hard time with movie adaptations over his career. I, and this is from a guy who likes the movie Congo. Like This is from somebody who enjoyed the film Congo. He's had a rough go of his maybe, movie. Maybe Congo. he needs a better name. Like Crichton? Stephen, yeah. yeah. Maybe it's the name, because Stephen King is just 
It's a good name. Michael Crichton. It's a great point, actually. I'm <laughs> actually really glad you brought that up because Michael Crichton is probably one of the most <laughs> butchered names I've ever heard when it comes to authors. Michael Crichton, Michael Christian, I've heard. I've heard lots of maybe different... Maybe a better name. Then I would have maybe done something for him. All right, so that's the end of history lessons for today. Good stuff. Good stuff. I thought those were okay today. Hey, guys, I have a quick teacher's corner, and I need your opinion on something, Okay. I had to do something today that I've never really had to do as a teacher, educator, whatever. I had to discipline somebody. I had to give, I had to yell at somebody and be a scolding teacher, right? I had a kid who wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. He was lying to me about it. He was lying to his rents about it. The rents called me. We confirmed that the lying was occurring, and I had to lay down the law. And I felt really crummy about it afterwards because I am a bad disciplinarian it just it is what it is i have a really hard time making people feel bad purposely do you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh i have this opportunity where i have heather you're a mother and kevin you're a boss a leader of industry where you have to sometimes leader crack the of whip. industry I hell yeah, yeah. so i'm gonna start so i'm gonna ask you guys in situations where you have to bring down the hammer what's some good advice that you can give me to how to do it to be most effective while also not crushing the souls of the people i work with Kevin, I'm going to start with you as a leader of industry. It's So it's interesting because my approach to discipline varies in different parts of my life. In certain mm-hmm. sects of my life, I find that it's very easy to be a disciplinarian and be very firm and, you know, do what needs to be done and get the point across. And then other times, um, I like, for example, the kids at work, I feel like it's tougher for me because I give so much leeway because I, I can identify with what it's like to be, like, 20 and not really care about your job. Sure. You know what I mean? So I always try to be empathetic and understanding and make the person realize that, like, you know, hey, I'm talking to you because, like, this is a problem and I like you a lot and I think we can fix this, but we've got to fix this if we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, but the biggest thing when you have to lay it down and be firm with somebody is that you have to commit. You have to commit and you can't, you know, you can't waffle back and forth. You have to commit, be firm, explain what it is, but without being cruel or over the top. I'm not really the type to yell at somebody, um, but just, you know... Be firm and be confident, and mm. it goes a long way. You know what I mean? It's one of those situations where you may have to fake it until you make it, especially yeah. if you know, you're going into part of life. Like, Heather, you're a mom. You're going to be disciplining this kid for the next 20 years. You know what I mean? So maybe you don't really buy it in yourself when he's two and a half, but you fake it, and then when he's seven, you're just you're cracking the whip left and right. You yeah. you know damn well that you made it. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, let's bring it over to you, the mom perspective. Well, uh, there's two things. Okay. One is when I worked when mm-hmm. you would have to tell somebody something, it was always, you kind of want to start it out with, like, something good and then lead into what they've done wrong. Like, ah, yes. you know, you're really great at this, but listen, we need to talk about this. And mm-hmm. then we need to make this better. And this is how we're going to do it. And then with Kaz, it's more like, we don't do that. Like, it's we just stern right now. I'm the stern, Dad is not. But I'm like, we do not do this. And he just looks at me and then he smiles and then... It's tough when they're it's tough when they're but, cute as well and they're like sweet. And well, like, and he'll look at me. He waits for me to smile, so he'll sit there and just stare at me. And then sometimes I start laughing, and then I'm like, okay, all right. I got a couple kids whose first impulse is to cry when you yell at them. Yeah. Not like to get out of it just because they can't handle it, and that's always a rough moment. You're like, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, listen, it's like, it's all right, it's all right. That's one of the reasons I try not to like yell and get too crazy yeah. with it because like I'm. I'm I would rather be effective than like stand on a moral high ground where I'm yelling at somebody. I'm like, listen, let me let me talk, let me explain what I'm concerned about, what I'm upset yeah. about, and also um, as far as being a boss. And I think this is something that probably extends will extend to parenting, especially as you know, Kaz gets older and gets more understanding of the world around him. I try to never ever discipline um, or 
correct or whatever somebody in front of their coworkers. Absolutely. If I've got it's it's something that I've had bosses who do it, and I think it's the worst thing in the world. I think it's it's shitty, immature behavior. Um, but like, don't make an example of somebody and yell at them in front of all the kids they work with because you're not setting an example that like you're firm and they should listen to you. You're setting an example that you're an asshole and you're unstable, and you're emotionally immature enough that you can't control yourself in order to communicate an issue that you're having. You know, I'll always take a kid, and I remember the first boss I ever had that did this, and I learned it and have kept it with me ever since because I really appreciated it. Right. I love the kids that work for me, and sometimes they screw up egregiously and cause huge headaches, but I always make a point to pull them aside and talk to them on a one-to-one level in a quiet place than just yell at them and chew somebody out in front of a staff. I don't think that's effective. I don't think that makes you a good boss or a good leader. Well, that was all good. I like all that. I'm going to take all that into account, mm-hmm. and I am going to probably screw it all up and then have to figure out something else that works mm-hmm. because the children <laughs> always find a way to circumvent whatever new technique I, I use on them. All the kids are wild. They just try kids not to be wild. everyone's friend. You guys ready for the tech corner this week? Let's move into the tech corner. Uh, and I thought this was wild. Tech corner. <laughs> I like the tech I corner. I like tech corner. I'm with it. So do I. It's I'm just funny. So a couple weeks ago, Kev, you might remember this. We were... Uh, on a YouTube deep dive, and we got caught up watching old clips of BattleBots. Remember BattleBots? Oh, I still I do. love that show. Yeah, the TV show mm-hmm. with the robots fighting. Yes. It was pretty cool. And I got to say, in YouTube format, especially in the new world of just watching like a three-minute clip on YouTube, it was very enjoyable. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard about this. This happened this week. There was actually a giant robot battle that we participated in as a nation. Did you guys read about this at all? I did. No, I did not. Yes, a U.S. robotics company called Megabots and a Japanese company called Suidobashi Heavy Industries faced off in a giant fighting robot showdown. I want to watch this. I, let me, all right, I'm going to give you a spoiler <laughs> alert right now. Let me tell you, I watched the video. I watched the footage, and it was uh, lackluster, Aww. I guess is the word I'm looking Battle for. Look, BattleBots yeah, I heard it was trash. It doesn't translate the way you, the giant, when you say giant robot mechs fighting, it's not what you actually get on screen. It's Aww. like, it looks like two cars with fake arms driving slowly toward each other. I like, you know how, I mean? I like how casually you dropped Max in there. Max, <laughs> like, the Max. Some real deep nerd talk in there, some nice <laughs> lingo. Uh, so the Japanese team won a decisive victory in the first round uh, when its Kurata robot took down an older Megabots model. But in the main event, the United States backed Eagle Prime robot reign supreme okay. so uh one nothing for the usa good, good job for us. us so that's it <laughs> that's it winning tech... at something winning at something the tech corner <laughs> uh all right so i have a wild story for you guys um this is some crazy news a florida man earlier this week was a war yeah florida news i'm gonna do a whole segment just called florida there's news. a whole subset of the internet um there's an entire subreddit on reddit called florida man and it's just news that starts with wild news headlines that start with a Florida man. <laughs> and all different Florida men, but it's funny see. to think that Florida man is all one guy. <laughs> all right, so here's the headline. Florida man awarded $37,500 after police officer mistakes oh, glazed donut crumbs oh. for methamphetamines. <laughs> Do you know, that, yeah. you know something like that is like my dream? <laughs> Something like that is my job. I would love to just have somebody like brazenly <laughs> trample all over my liberties oh, just man. so I could get a whole bunch of money back f- afterwards. Oh man, uh, it's I, I. This is an outrageous story. In December 2015, 
this gentleman, a 65-year-old man, was dropping off a friend at chemotherapy and was driving home an elder woman from church who worked at a 7-Eleven, uh, and he was stopped by a police officer who said he'd been driving 42 in a 31. Uh, when he handed over the license... In a 31? A uh, 30, I'm sorry. 30, 50, 50, 31 in a 31. Um... The officer asked the police. Uh, uh, the officer asked if he could search the car, and Rushing said, "Sure." Uh, if it meant he wouldn't be ticketed, he didn't mind. Whatever. Uh, and what they found was uh, crystals on the floorboard that the police officer oh, believed to be methamphetamine, and actually it tested positive. That was the thing. He tested it, and it tested positive for methamphetamines. Uh, and he goes back and tells the guy, "This guy's like, I've never smoked a cigarette." Uh, it turns out that this was actually glaze. From a Krispy Kreme donut, which he had eaten every Wednesday for the last, like, foreseeable time. And apparently this is a problem. Like, more often than not, there's records of these testing kits giving back false positives. They're trash. You can't test that stuff in the field. There was a guy somewhere probably three months ago who got arrested because they thought that he had cocaine all over his car and it was plaster dust. Yeah, drywall. Yeah, 90 days. Real quick, the guy who uh, got arrested and got the money, what's what's his name? Uh, His name is Daniel Rushing. Interesting. Daniel Rushing, if you want to look up that story. Uh, yeah, I think you're totally spot on. I would love to have a scenario where my oh, liberties have been trampled please. on and I can get them back. Oh. Me. Hit me. Oh. Hit me with the billy club. Like, injure me. Put me in the hospital. Oh, That's fine. Just pay me at the end. That's crazy. Yeah, think about it, though. I had, I knew, I know a person who, um, something was, they, they like tripped and broke a leg or something crazy on like a piece of like janky pavement or sidewalk. Um, in a city that's not this city, but it's very, very close to here. They tripped and fell and broke their arm. And it was pretty bad, but all they did was broke their arm. Like, it's not that serious. They got awarded $800,000 by the city in a settlement because it was their jacked up pavement. Yeah. So, not. I mean, we've got a lot of jacked up pavement here, and now I feel like I'm giving people ideas. So you shouldn't do this because, listen, we're trying to build something here in Utica, and we can't afford to pay you out for a fake injury. But, like, that stuff is crazy. Yeah. People get paid. I know somebody who got hit by a DPW plow two winters ago just... Yeah. Sort of a blind corner, tons of snow out there. We had a lot of high snow banks, and you know they got their car paid for, and they also got some considerations. Hmm. I pick a new car. I can I'm gonna it. hope for that one this winter. You're gonna you're gonna hope to I'm get hit by yeah. Jesus, Heather. <laughs> Uh, so I'm working on a new segment I'd like to premiere here for you guys, and we got two things left. We'll close out with one of these, though. This is a new segment I, segment I have called Kevin Responds. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. Kevin Responds. I would like to respond. All right, so here's the... Here's Kevin, a, do you want me to respond to how I feel about you having a segment called Kevin Responds? Not yet. We'll save that is for that, the, That's not the inaugural week? No. <laughs> this is You're going to like this one, though. Put my name on a segment to make all the rules. Let's see what's going on That's here. how it works here. <laughs> all right, so here's the segment. This is... Uh, here's the headline... Uh, according to Fox News, Radiohead is just elaborate, moaning, and whining. Uh, on a late-night talk show earlier this week on Fox News, commentator uh, Catherine Timp was asked about her thoughts on the induction prospects for a new batch of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Here's her response, quote, Seeing as it's about fame and not talent, I think that Radiohead is definitely going to get in, and should get in. I don't even like them, but the kind of guys that I like have to be... These, these kind of guys have to be like three things. Strange, malnourished, and sad. These guys always like Radiohead. So I've been having to pretend to like Radiohead for years to get these men, even though the music is just elaborate moaning and whining for ringtone sounds. You know what? If you're not, if that's not fame and power, uh, they will get me to do that for something else, and I don't know what is. So, Kevin, what are your thoughts about being a strange, malnourished, sad man who listens to Radiohead and all its uh, elaborate moaning and whining? Um, 
Man, I'll tell you, a lot to unpack. I saw that <laughs> I saw that earlier this week. Um, I understand what they're trying to do, and I get the point that she was making. She's like, oh, yeah, I like, like, weird, like, skinny, strange guys, and they all like Radiohead, so, like, this is what it is. And it's cheap. I bet she doesn't really have an opinion either way. They're just sort of saying it so it can be talked about. Um, Cat Tip got fired for from Barstool for being junk, and now she's on Fox News, which I think is funny. It's hilarious. Um, and she's not necessarily, like... Here's the thing about music. I love Radiohead. Radiohead's probably my favorite band. I think Radiohead is one of the most um, musically dexterous and advanced bands I've ever listened to, and they do things at a level so much higher than so many other bands. And I say that as somebody who plays music and understands music, so it's not just like, oh my God, I love them, so they're the best. With that being said, I understand it's not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Radiohead is a band that kind of requires you to pay attention, at least in the early onset when you're getting the vibe and learning the songs and you know learning what you're listening to and listening for, I guess. Um, some people don't care to pay that much attention to the music they listen to, and that's fine by me. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of weird atonal moaning. Sometimes, that's true. Sometimes it is. It's just that's mostly, like, the back half of Amnesiac and some kid-A songs. That's pretty So, good. yeah, whatever. Cat Temp, yeah, you're great. Good for you. I hope um, I hope you're getting a lot of enjoyment from your career as a talking pretty blonde <laughs> on Fox News. Mm. Good luck. All right, so let's move on to our last story of the week. Good job with that. You got to get some more explosive stuff for me. I felt like I was ready to. Okay. Was good. Is this weekly? Do I have to be ready to respond every week now? I mean, surprise. sometimes. I'll let you know. Okay. All right, okay. so let's move on to our last piece of uh, news this week. And it revolves around Justin Timberlake, another piece of music news. Uh, Justin Timberlake uh, will be headlining the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show this year. Yay. Uh, it will be his third time uh, performing at the Super Bowl, the most of any entertainer, and it will be his first since his shocking performance in 2014 with Janet Jackson with what was known as the wardrobe. It was 2005, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in 2014. Four. Did I say that before? I, I was like, wait. Yeah. It was 2004. Uh, when she shocked the world with the wardrobe malfunction. Uh, at the time, this was like a really huge deal, although it seems kind of, like in hindsight, it seems kind of silly that it was such a huge deal. CBS was fined like $550,000 by the it's FCC nothing. at the time. At the time, though, it was like, it really did make a big deal. I feel like they went on game, like they went on five second delays after that. Wasn't that the whole mm-hmm. big thing that started after yeah. that? Yeah. Did you remember anything about that at all? Besides, like, yep. I remember I watching. Remember, I remember watching I remember it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that being like a big deal. I remember watching it at my girlfriend uh, at the time's house, and I remember all of her parents and aunts and I was like, whew, we're going to be talking about that tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I actually remember Timberlake being pretty good. I always liked Justin Timberlake. Like Timberlake Slay, you can't say anything about him. You know what I like about that guy, and I don't know if this is the truth or if it's just the way it's worked out for him, but like you notice he's not really around the way that he used to be in like the news no. and the media and on the public scene. And to be fair, his last album didn't do as good as he as he probably wanted it to. It was only okay. Um, his movies don't tend to do great, so it's not that he's been trying stuff. But I like to think he's just sort of like, well, I'm married to Jessica Biel. I've got more money than I'll ever need, and I'm just going to like disappear and chill. Because that's what I always say, and Sam, we've talked about it a million times. Mm. If I make like even $20 million, if I make $10 million at some point in my life, you're never going to see me never. again. Yeah. I'll be gone. Like if I went out there and I had one album that sold so well that I had $20 million, and he's probably got closer to like 100 150 yeah. But I mean, you never would have seen me after NSYNC if I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah, gone. for sure. You know what I mean? I'm out there just like doing the stuff I like to do with my friends, keeping a low profile. And I feel like he's just a real down-to-earth, like relatable person. Like you could talk to him. Seems to have a good time. Yeah. Well, you don't know that for sure, though. That's the image he got, cultivates, well, right? He does right? well with it. He's, He's good. 
<laughs> uh, just by the way, you won Heather over a very long time ago. Yeah, I had a cardboard cutout in my dorm room. Did you really? College, yeah. Oh, was it like like? It was curly hair. Mm, that was my question. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Uh, just a quick <laughs> note, in case you're wondering. Uh, as of April 2017, uh, what do you want to take a guess at his net worth? I got it pulled up. Net worth, Justin Timberlake. One seventy five. Three hundred million. Two thirty. 230 million. Split the difference. Okay. Uh, and just, I figured just for funsies, we'd run through the last few Super Bowl halftime shows and see who they've had for performances, right? So we got Timberlake this year. Last year was Gaga. Did you, I feel like she was pretty good. Yeah, she's she was all right. She seemed to be into her. How about that Coldplay Beyonce Bruno Mars year before that? Remember Lamps. that? Mm-mm. Yeah, Bruno was really good. Bru- Everybody in America still somehow continues to sleep on Bruno Mars. Not only is it disrespectful, but it makes everybody look silly. It's true. Bruno Mars the best. Year before that, Katy Perry, Lenny Kravitz, and Missy Elliott. I like that one because Katy Perry's just like, yo, Missy Elliott, here's like five minutes, go do your thing. And Missy just killed it. I like how they do that now where they get like multiple people mm. instead of just one and make it like this big medley. Uh, year before that was Bruno Mars and the Chili Peppers. That, that was, was one, one of the best ones I've seen in a while. He came out and he played because like everybody's like, oh, he's this pop guy. And he came out and just played drums for five minutes straight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Beyonce and Destiny's Child was the year before that. Which should just be Beyonce uh, with the spattering of Destiny's Child. <laughs> I uh, Madonna before that, which seemed kind of it was like, weird. It was a little weird. Hard. Black Eyed Peas, Usher, and Slash was the year before that. Jesus, Usher. really? Usher, yeah. Black- I forgot about Usher. <laughs> Uh, how about the Who? Remember when the Who Not were on? All the women who dated Usher because Usher spreads STDs yep, and doesn't that. tell women he has them. Oh, so really? you're lucky enough oh, that you can forget about Usher because he's gross. Some women can't. Do you guys remember Tom Petty doing it? Yeah, he yep. was great. Yeah. That was the year after Prince, which was probably my favorite. Pre- yeah, Prince was pretty unimpeachably yeah. one of the best of all time. Him and like Michael Jackson. Yeah. I'm going to go real quick through these ones. Stop me if you hear anything you like. Rolling Stones? No? Mm-hmm. Paul McCartney? Uh, yeah, McCartney, great. Janet Jackson, Kid Rock, P. Diddy, Nelly, Timberlake. That was the year 2004. Yes, I remember that. Uh, how about Shania Twain, No Doubt, and Sting? What do you what? got on that one? <laughs> I have no memory uh, of that Oh, no. All right. Outside of my realm. All right. And, uh, you know, I guess that's it. Let's call it. You want to call it on that one? I think that's enough. We can go way yeah. farther back. I think it's weird. If you go back to, like, the 80s and stuff, there's just, like... I wouldn't have a like, clue. Benny Hill and it's like weird people it's like, like up for people Tulsa like State band. Town marching yeah. band yeah a lot of marching bands, bands and stuff when they realize how much money Pepsi would pay him for this thing <laughs> alright folks it, that's it for is this week is that it we wrapping yeah we're wrapping right, for I'm this standing. week yeah go ahead and stand refilling. up yeah refill Bye, your guys. drink thank you folks uh, Woodstock lives uh, keep it tight uh, sayonara humanoids we will be back next week happy Halloween boo it's not Halloween yet. You can't say it yet. It's next week. Got it. Got it.